Well, hello and welcome. It is Eric Erickson here across the nation, the Eric Erickson Show. The phone number, should you wish to call in, 877-973-7425. I have a theory, uh, and I've been thinking about this theory. Credit where credit is due. My friend Sonny Bunch, uh, he's a, a movie reviewer. He has a theory, environmentalists in movies. They make the best bad guys these days. Just just think about it. Uh, in uh, the Avengers, it was Thanos who wanted to wipe out half the population of the universe to save the universe because resources are scarce. Malthusian. In Aquaman, uh, Aquaman's brother was the bad guy who wanted to wipe out humanity because they were polluters. In uh, Godzilla, King of the Monsters, uh, the the organization wanted to wipe out humanity to allow the planet time to heal. The the bad guys are the environmentalists. And I was thinking about that, and I realized, you know what? The environmentalists are the bad guys in the Ukrainian situation as well. They have enabled Vladimir Putin. And I know, I know, I know, I know. Some of you are thinking, I'm stretching here, but just bear with me here. There are a couple of things, one of which is uh, the American military used to have a two-war strategy. The idea was that the United States of America needed a military capable of, of fighting two major wars on two fronts against two rivals at the same time. And when the Obama administration came in, they decided they needed to downsize the military in part because of its carbon footprint and and environmental concerns and costs related thereto, that we really didn't need a two-war strategy because look how peaceful everything was. Well, the problem was that everything was peaceful because we had a two-war strategy. We got rid of our two-war strategy and started downsizing the military, and look what happened. But again, and this is important, and I'm not making it up, one of their concerns was that climate change is a national security concern, and one of the ways to help fight climate change was to reduce the carbon footprint of the military, and one of the ways to reduce the carbon footprint of the military was to reduce the size of the military, and after all, we're not going to war with any major powers. We are on good terms with Russia and China. That was their theory. All we're fighting are terrorists who live in caves. That was the problem. But then they began doing other things as well. In Europe, environmentalists are very anti-nuclear power. They believe nuclear power ultimately pollutes. Therefore, we need to shut down all the nuclear power plants. So around Europe, which was way more nuclear power friendly than we were, they began systematically shutting down nuclear power plants around Europe and replacing them with solar and wind. The problem is twofold, one of which doesn't get talked about enough. For a while there, uh, the, the solar and wind power were putting so much power back into the power grid, and the power companies were not allowed to charge access to the power grid from the companies putting up the windmills and the solar power, uh, that they lost their ability to maintain their lines. 
They essentially were paying people and power companies were going broke. They were having to pay private individuals who were producing wind and solar power, and they were paying so much the power companies were going broke. So they had to change that whole dynamic. But then there's the other issue that is more commonly talked about. Solar power and wind power do not always work. Solar power does not work at night, nor very efficiently in the winter when there are fewer uh, bright days and you get snow on the panels. Wind power does not work when there is no wind and there was no baseload power in Europe. And this continued to go on and they knew it. That's part of the problem here is they knew the problem, but they also decided they had made all of these treaties about their carbon footprints. And you got Greta Thunberg and the others over there telling them we're all going to die in 10 years if we don't do something. And they all believed the rhetoric. So they had to do something. And what they did is they decided they couldn't expand their carbon footprints. So they would go to Russia and say, hey, let us have your natural gas. You've got so much of it. And Vladimir Putin obliged. And then in this country, the Democrats killed the Keystone XL pipeline. Now, contrary to what some of you might believe, the Keystone XL pipeline was never about us. The Keystone XL pipeline was never about us getting the oil from Canada for us. The Keystone XL pipeline was all about getting the oil from Canada to the Gulf of Mexico to be refined and sent overseas. That would, however, free up domestic capacity for us. But the pipeline itself was about Europe to make Europe less dependent on Russia. And the Democrats killed it. Not only did the Democrats kill it, Democratic appointed judges have killed drilling in the Gulf of Mexico. The Biden administration has killed drilling on federal lands. Biden administration officials and judges together have killed other expansions of the oil and natural gas footprint of the United States, including just recently a natural gas pipeline through Appalachia that would lower natural gas prices across the country. All for environmental concerns. And what has happened? Russia does not have those concerns. The Russians do not have the concerns of the environmentalists. Only the United States and Europe do. Back in the 1980s, well, after the fall of the Berlin Wall and the collapse of the Soviet Union, Boris Yeltsin allowed in people to look at the records of the former Soviet Union. This is how we know, for example, Ted Kennedy was trying to get the Soviets involved in the 1984 uh, presidential campaign against Ronald Reagan here. They were hoping the Soviets would send some signals that could undercut Ronald Reagan's message, but pay no attention to that because Teddy Kennedy was a hero to the left and, and we're not allowed to say anything about it, but we know it's true. It was in the records. Something else that was in the records of the Soviet Union is that they propped up Western peace groups and environmentalist groups. They funded environmentalist groups. They funded peace groups in the West that agitated against nuclear proliferation. Why? because they knew that Western leaders and Western democracies would listen to these agitators as long as they didn't know the Soviets were paying for them. When the Soviet Union fell and they were no longer able to subsidize these groups, all the peaceniks joined the environmentalists and the environmentalists came up with the world is going to end in 10 years. Please give us your money and Western nations went along with it. 
Many of those people who are in these environmentalist groups today hate the West, hate capitalism, hate free markets, and hate your ability to decide for yourself how you want to live your life. They're watermelons, green on the outside, but very red on the inside. In the 80s, they were subsidized by the Soviets, and now they're subsidized by their own governments because they've convinced their governments the world is going to end as long as people get to turn on an incandescent light bulb. I'm not making any of this stuff up, y'all. And so what's happened? Europe has become more and more dependent on Russia. The Nord Stream 2 pipeline, they've shut it down, but there are plenty of other pipelines, one of which runs through Ukraine. And even the Nord Stream 2, it's only delayed, deferred. It's not dead. In fact, the Germans are out today saying, whoa, 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 guys, we, we, may need to, we may need to be a little more cautious about our sanctions on Russia. The Russians are saying, fine, 5,000 euros for gas. I'm sure your, your citizens will love paying this. Prices are going to go up. Have you seen your natural gas bill already? Natural gas prices in the United States are already going up. Charlie was telling me, my, my producer, call screener, head of programming for the show, was telling me that their natural gas bill was over $500 this past month. And they use less than they did this time last year when it was only $300. It's not just them. Everywhere in this country, natural gas prices are going up. And lo and behold, China has just placed more orders for natural gas. They're going to import even more due to very cold winter temperatures in China. And that's going to drive up the price even further. Weird how the Chinese suddenly at this moment, when winter is almost over, decided, oh, we need even more natural gas. And they're going to get it off of the American markets and the Qatari markets, not the Russian market. And that's going to drive up the price even further. We have become so consumed with saving the planet, we're about to lose it to war. We have become so consumed, particularly on the left, you guys have become so consumed with the idea that the whole world is going to hell in a handbasket unless you give in to the environmentalists. What's happened? You have forgotten that energy resources are national security. And the more developed our energy resources are, the easier it is for us to get oil out of the ground and refine it into gasoline and fossil fuels. And the easier it is for us to get natural gas to Europe and petroleum to Europe, the more stable the world is because we are less reliant on regimes that fear us and do not like democracy. Vladimir Putin is able to do what he's doing in large part because the United States abandoned its two-war doctrine and Europe abandoned its own self-reliance when it comes to energy. All of us together have played right into his hands. And by the way, Vladimir Putin has been telling us for years what he would do. Putin went to Berlin in 2007 and literally said he wanted to push back and destabilize NATO and European alliances and was willing to use his natural gas to do it. He said that in public and people pretended he didn't. Why are people ignoring the things Vladimir Putin has said? He has literally said he's not opposed to using his resources for the strategic benefit of Russia, including natural gas. He has literally said he wanted to destabilize and roll back NATO. Why did we ignore him? 
Why are we continuing to coddle environmentalists who continue to sell the fiction that the world is going to end in 10 years if we don't listen to them? Right now, we need to listen to Russia and China. They are our adversaries. They are becoming threats. And the more we reduce our energy self-sufficiency, the more we rely on environmentalist concerns about solar and wind, the more we scrap nuclear power, the more likely it is that they can be dominant. The more we worry about the carbon footprint of our military instead of our military's ability to kill bad guys, we become weaker. I'm sorry, but drag queens in your military corridors are no match for Russian tanks. Pronoun lectures inside the Pentagon are no match for Russian bullets. And your concerns about your carbon footprint are no match for Russians willing to turn you into a heap of carbon when they invade and blow us up. They won't come here, but they'll start at Ukraine. And emboldened by Western weakness, they'll move in and fully secure Belarus. And then they'll head to Poland and Latvia, Lithuania, and Estonia. And guess what? Those are NATO partners. And we will either have to fight or we will say, yep, okay, we're ready to give up NATO, at which point we're ready to give up all of our alliances because no one will trust us again. And those countries will start looking at China and Russia as places they need to go and they need to deal with and they need to be friends with. None of this is good. And all of this was predictable. The environmentalists' concerns have hinged on hysteria for 30 years, and Democrats have listened to those concerns and that hysteria. They believe the world is coming to an end in 10 years. The European governments in particular have totally bought into the idea and ironically have made themselves more beholden to Vladimir Putin and dependent on his energy reserves that they have propped him up even this country, the United States of America, imports $700 million a year of Russian fertilizer so that we don't have the carbon footprint on our hands of producing it. It makes us look more environmentally responsible by relying on the Russians. We've bought into a bunch of hysteria that has played right into their hands. In Glacier National Park, the federal government used your taxpayer dollars 10 years ago and put up a whole lot of signs that they are now taking down. Use your money. Wasted it. Those signs said that the glaciers in Glacier National Park would all be gone by the year 2020. They're still there. So they're having to take down the signs that you yourself paid for. They believe the environmental hysterics. And by believing the environmental hysterics around the world and Western powers, we've propped up China and Russia and made the Western world more vulnerable to an Eastern world that does not share our values and does not like us. My gosh, I didn't even know this piece existed. A friend of mine sent this to me in commercial break. Uh, welcome back. It's Eric Erickson here. The phone number 877 7425. This is from the National Interest. Uh, David Gaddy and Michael Hewitt. It was published February 27th. So yesterday. Ah, I, I did not know it existed, but my gosh, we're, we're on the same track. Listen to this. 
Um, a few days after the release of a statement from um, a joint statement of the Russian Federation and the People's Republic of China, international relations entering a new era and the global sustainability de- sustainable development. Uh, this came out. Let me read you part of the China-Russia statement. Each nation, quote, can choose such forms and methods of implementing democracy that would best suit its particular state based on its social and political system where it is only up to the people to decide whether their state is a democratic one. Essentially, a country is free to choose how it develops, Western norms or not. The U.S.-European Union statement appealed on grounds of supporting countries and markets and regulatory reform. In part, the statement said it was to, quote, ensure robust decarbonization efforts, a swift, just, and socially inclusive energy transition to a climate-neutral future, and to address energy poverty, including in Africa. In other words, China and Russia are telling the world, if you side with us, you get to pick the sort of country you want to be, democracy or not. And you get to pick your fuel sources, democracy or not, clean or not. The EU-US statement is, we want everyone to be an energy-independent, carbon-neutral democracy, and we'll help you work. Well, problem here is that as the Western elite control more and more, the Western elite have money and power the rest of us don't have. They can afford to fly on their private jet and put a windmill in the back of their house. The rest of us can't do that. Hello and welcome. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number 877-973-7425. How's about we go to the phones today? Got lots of people queued up. Let's start with Mike. Welcome to the program. Hey, Eric. I appreciate you taking my call. I enjoy your show and the deep dive you do on these various topics. Thank you. Um, but uh, wanted to just call to make a point about these doom doom and gloom people that constantly preach about how the world's coming to an end and the climate is changing so drastically, we're all going to be dead in 10 years. There's very telltale uh, things that occur for people like me and other folks out there that are trying to really get to the bottom of it and get the true facts to make an educated decision. Um, And something just happened last week that was very telltale to me. I believe that Russia and China just signed some agreement where Russia was going to ship 100 million tons of coal to be used by China. And there hasn't been a peep. There hasn't been a protest. There hasn't been speeches before the United Nations. There's been nothing. I mean, nothing in Europe, nothing here in the United States. Doomberg hasn't been on the airwaves. AOC hasn't said anything about it. So that tells me a lot about where these people's true commitment is on this topic. And they're, they're basically fair-weather protesters. And they basically yep. protest against politicians they don't like, not on a true subject that they really believe to be a cause. Right. Um, you, Mike, you, you know, the by the way, let, let, me, let me just stop you there and, and throw this in there. Have you noticed, where is international answer? Uh, whenever there's a Republican president and someone around the world uh, invades another country, they get into the street immediately and say, oh, don't do anything about it. Don't send troops. Uh, we, we need peace. They're nowhere to be seen with Joe Biden in the White House. Where are they? Where's Greta Thunberg right now upset with Russia sending coal to China? Exactly. So anybody that's out there like me who tries to educate themselves to make a good educated decision, 
I, just look for stuff like that because it's, to me it's very telltale on truly what is the facts, uh, what are the facts, and truly what is the commitment behind this cause. And it's, it's all fair weather. They're more interested in choking this country than they are about truly a cause that's worldwide, potentially yep. worldwide. You know, yep. there's no protests against two of the, of the nations that are the most polluting nations in the world, and that's India and China. There have right. never been marches in the streets against either one. Oh, absolutely. So yep, they, they, they only want to go after us. That's it. And uh, so that's the only comment I want to make. Uh, and Again, I truly enjoy your show. Thank Thanks you, Mike. Much. I sure appreciate it. Thank you. It, Mike, look, Mike is right here. Where is Greta Thunberg? Where is she? Scowling somewhere, I'm sure. Where are the environmentalists? They're nowhere to be seen. Russia and China enter into an energy agreement. Coal and natural gas, China's energy output carbon footprint grows. China makes all the, these, you know, a couple of weeks ago, China said that they were going to uh, make good on all of their Paris Accord agreements and, and whatnot, and all the environmentalists were applauding them. And then the actual data came out, and it turns out that Chinese emissions have spiked, not just the nocturnal ones. They've, they've all spiked. Where are the environmentalists? Nowhere to be seen. Nowhere to be seen. Mark, you're going to be up next on the Eric Erickson Show. Welcome, Mark. How are you? I'm doing fine, Eric. How are you today? Thanks Great. for taking my call. Sure. Um, you know, I, I have become uh, exceedingly and equally agitated. We have an administration that has dealt in mistruths, uh, for lack of a better word, lying. And uh, we have a Republican Party that basically is allowing this administration not to use their platform, but to get it out there publicly. Like yesterday, I use an example. Uh, Biden, uh, nobody knows why the press conference was uh, two hours delayed. Well, I think it was because they had to wake him up from his afternoon No, nap. no, 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 no. However, Mark, Mark, I can tell you, I, I can tell you why it was. <laughs> and, and I don't think I'm wrong on this. When did Biden start his press conference? At 2.22 p.m. on February 22nd, 2.22.2.2.2. You know and I know some Gen Z press assistants like, oh, no, 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 make him wait. Make him wait. It'll be historic. Uh, Well, historic or not, it was just another uh, lie. I went to the uh, Hill this morning and I read, and I take it from his quote, where he said, to alleviate the United States and take the pressure off of us, paying the higher prices at the gas pump, he would do everything within his administration's power to alleviate that and try to avert that. And you know as well as I do, if he took the clamps off the XL and Keystone pipeline, we would start to see a rather immediate relief in this. He has no intention of doing that. Where are the Republicans that are going to stand up and call him out for what he is? Right. Oh, well, and, and you know, by the way, uh, if you criticize Biden for any of this stuff today, uh, from CNN to NBC, they're calling you unpatriotic for daring to criticize <laughs> anything Biden is doing, which is absurd. Uh, most of us are criticizing him for not doing enough. And right, right. Know, the media, of course, wants, by the way, hang on. And you know, Mark, I'm not going to disconnect you because I want you to hear this with me on the phone. Uh, listening to you as I tell you this. This is one of the, the most ridiculous things I've seen. I'm going to read you this tweet from CBS News. The U.S. economy, this is an actual tweet. It came out uh, three hours ago. The U.S. economy has been hit 
with increased gas prices, inflation, and supply chain issues due to the Ukraine crisis. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yep. I, I needed. I needed a laugh. I needed yeah, I, a laugh. I, I didn't realize that the store shelves were full and, and we didn't have inflation last week. Only with this do we. This is how much cover everybody wants to give to the guy. Mark, thanks very much for your phone call. I mean, literally, CBS News this morning says that the it's Ukraine is to cause for high gas prices, inflation, and uh, supply chain issues. How can anyone treat the media seriously? When it does stuff like this, dishonest like humpers of the Biden administration. Now let's go back to the phones. Ron, you're going to be up next. Welcome to the program. Oh uh, yeah, hey uh, Eric, uh, thanks for taking my call. But uh, I've I've, ha- I've been thinking about this for a while. And I've asked a few pe- pe- people. I mean, if energy is the issue, I mean, why can we not build these smaller reactors? I mean, we got these uh, nuclear subs, the USS Enterprise that can stay at sea for. 30 years at, at a time without having to, to, to come short. I mean, why can we not use some of the, and not have to build massive nuclear reactors and build some of these smaller ones to, to supplement our, our power needs? And then it, well, we, we wouldn't be so dependent. The, the technology is there. The regulatory hurdles and people's fear of, of uh, nuclear power, their mis, un, misplaced fear of nuclear power has a lot to do with it. You know, the only active nuclear power plant construction in the entire United States is in Georgia. Uh, It's in um, outside of Augusta, Georgia. And uh, that project continues to be delayed and has massive cost overruns Uh, to their credit, Georgia power and the, um, and the, uh, Oh, the, the regulators in Georgia. Now I forget all of a sudden the the name of it, um, that they have a public service commission. They have decided to double down and do it. And the reason is in part, it's a national security issue. Now, listen, uh, let me explain this one to all of you because you probably, I didn't know this. And so I suspect most of you did not know this. South Carolina and Georgia were both building nuclear power plants. Uh, Westinghouse, which is kind of the the guru for nuclear power plant development in the country, went bankrupt. South Carolina shut down its plant after sinking billions into it. The Georgia power plant will never probably make its money back. It's so expensive, and rates will probably go up in Georgia a bit. But I support it, and I want you to understand why. There are no new nuclear power constructions in the United States. We, as a nation have moved so far away from nuclear power. We have lost, and this is really important, and you've got to listen to me here. We in the United States have lost the institutional knowledge on how to build nuclear power plants. That's why it's so expensive in this country. We literally do not have engineers and builders with the knowledge because we stopped building them so long ago when we decided to restart, the people who had the knowledge on how to build them were either retired or dead. There are more nuclear power plants in development in China and Russia than the rest of the world combined. They have the knowledge, and with that knowledge comes the expertise in efficiencies. There are academics in the United States who have been developing plans for new nuclear reactors. One of my favorite plans 
is taking, instead of the control rods, they're essentially balls, like bowling balls, and you stack them up in a pyramid, and they together generate the power uh, that that causes the heat, that fuels the steam to turn the generators. Remember, all nuclear power is about is an efficient way to generate heat to convert water to steam to spin turbines. That's That's what the nuclear power plants are for. That's what the nuclear energy is for, to generate heat. Traditional nuclear power plants use control rods to control the heating, and, and when things go awry, you have a meltdown. These new plants are designed to not be able to melt down. My favorite, again, are the stacked balls of, of the nuclear reactor uh, core, where all you have to do to, to, to cause the thing to stop is you, you knock the pyramid of balls over. That's it. It's very, very reliable, very, very safe. On We have on paper how to do this. We just lack the, the builders to be able to build it. We lack the engineers to be able to, to understand it. We lack the institutional knowledge because the United States and the Carter era gave up on nuclear power plants. You really do have to understand that. You really do have to understand that issue. You really do have to understand that setup, that we don't have the engineering capabilities anymore. That's why this power plant in Georgia is so important to the entire nation because we're relearning how to build nuclear power plants. You've got to, in this country, have more nuclear power plants. We've got to have newer, more efficient ones. Now, here again is the problem. As you start making these, let's take the iPhone. Everybody's familiar with the iPhone, whether you have one or not. Shut up, Charlie. The iPhones over time got more and more refined. And every year, a new one comes out. A new one will be coming out in a few months. And it will have newer capabilities and more refined power. It'll have more optimized uh, battery usage and the like. And Apple does this, and they plan out their phones a couple of years in advance. The phone that's coming out this year is actually a couple of years old in Apple's planning phases. It takes that long to refine it and develop it in mass for people. And next year's uh, phone is already in the works. And over time, through economies of scale, they've been able to deliver better and better phones that do more and more uh, without really uh, major price spikes. We should be able to do that with nuclear power. We should be able to refine it. We should be able to harness it. We should be able to develop it. We should be able to find efficiencies in the build. We should be able to find uh, better generators, uh, better reactors. We have breeder reactors that, that cause less waste. We can do all of these things, but we have to continuously build them to develop them, to refine them, to make them more efficient, to build them, to develop them, to refine them, to make them even more efficient, and on and on it goes. We stopped doing that in the 70s, and we're starting over from scratch. Meanwhile, the Chinese are becoming more and more competitively advantaged compared to where we are because they've continuously started building nuclear power plants. We've got to get a leg up on the game. We do. And we have it, and we have to. It is in our national security interest to deploy nuclear reactors across this country to generate power, uh, base load power. You can turn on a nuclear reactor just like you can a coal-fired plant and immediately start getting steam to generate uh, pressure to turn the turbines to generate the electricity. You can't do that with solar and wind. You need base load power, and nuclear power is the best, cleanest base load power. It is environmentally friendly. And it is very efficient once you get it going. 
And the more you refine them and build them, the economies of scale make them cheaper to produce. And we lost all of that knowledge and ability in the 70s. And we're only just now getting it back with one plant in Georgia, the only nuclear power plant being built in the United States, even as more and more on a daily basis go offline that were built in the 70s. It is absurd And it shows you a lack of seriousness from environmentalists that they don't want to tackle this problem and deploy more nuclear power. But in this point, it is a national security issue because the knowledge we get from building the plants go towards knowledge we can use for other capabilities, including within the military. Now, one of the awesome products that's been refined over time that's gotten smaller and more capable over time is the Eden Pure Thunderstorm. If you go to EdenPureDeals.com today and you put in the discount code ERIC3, E-R-I-C-K, and the number three, not the word, just the number, uh, you will jump in and you'll see the Eden Pure Thunderstorm three-pack. You can buy three of these things. You can get an incredible deal on them. You can get all three of them for less than $200. You're actually saving $200. Now, we were doing the buy one, get one. Those of you who got them and you realize the great potential for them and you need more of them, now's your chance to get three of them for less than $200. For the rest of you, you can get one for upstairs, one for downstairs, one for your car, your RV, your basement, hotel room. Keep one in your bag like I do when you travel in case you have a musty smelling hotel room or rental car. You can plug this thing up in a car and it works. It's a little bit bigger than your hand. It's filterless, so you're not swapping out the filter all the time, and it eliminates odors. It doesn't mask the odors. It wipes the odors out. What you do is you go to EdenPureDeals.com, and you use my discount code on the front page. You'll see the discount code box. Put in ERIC3. You click through, put it in your cart. At checkout, you'll see the discount code box again. Again, put in ERIC, E-R-I-C-K, 3. You'll get three of these with free shipping for less than $200. Hello there, it is Eric Erickson here. The phone number is 877-973-7425. Hold the line. Uh, we we got to move on to other stuff. Uh, we got lots of other stuff here. My goodness gracious. Uh, but first, I got to tell you about George Gascon. If you're probably familiar with the name. That's the district attorney in Los Angeles. He is very, very soft on crime. Uh, They have released, Alex Bastain has in his office, um, Fox News released, rather, the jailhouse recordings of Hannah Tubbs, 26-year-old transgender child molester, received a slap on the wrist after pleading guilty to molesting a 10-year-old in 2014. The recordings show Tubbs admitting it was wrong to attack a little girl, but laughing about the light punishment. I think when the jail calls were brought to light by Bill Malugan, Fox News correspondent, I was shocked. I was disturbed. And as I began to look into whether the executive team of the DA knew about it, it was clear nobody knew about the contents of the jail calls. He added that, unfortunately, at times, certain key information is not getting to the front office. Now, the Association of Deputy District Attorneys in Los Angeles, that is all the assistant district attorneys who work under the guy, has voted 95% of them in favor of a recall. What is really disturbing here is that uh, Tubbs began identifying as a female after being arrested in connection with the 2014 child molestation case, and Hannah Tubbs is very obviously a dude, complete with beard and mustache. Uh, The suspect was two weeks shy of 18 and at the time went by the name James Tubbs 
After being arrested roughly eight years after the crime, Tubbs began identifying as a woman. Tubbs received a sentence of two years at a juvenile facility because Gascon's office declined to transfer the case to adult court, adhering to one of the prosecutor's uh, day one directives as barring children from being tried as adults. But Tubbs was two weeks shy of 18 at the time. And it's deeply disturbing that this person is very clearly a guy now claiming to be a woman, uh, sexually abused a young person and then went to juvenile jail claiming to be a woman. Uh, soft on crime. The Democrats can say they're, they're not, but as long as they have prosecutors doing this, the rest of us know just how soft on crime they are. And all of us should be disturbed by these patterns and practices happening with all these Soros-funded DAs around the country. It's 2022. Things are still crazy. Things haven't settled down. And now you got the Federal Reserve and interest rates. You got the economy. You got inflation. A lot of banks won't even return your phone call. Let's say you're a small business and you need a loan for $750,000 or higher. You see an opportunity where banks, they don't even want to see you. You want to buy a building. You want to build a building. Reach out to the Frost family at First Liberty Building and Loan. They've been helping small businesses become big businesses since the 1990s. They want to help you if they can. So spend 10 minutes with them. See if you're a good fit for them and they're a good fit for you. Their website is firstlibertyga.com. That's firstlibertyga.com. Again, you need a loan, $750,000 or higher. You're a small business and you see an opportunity to grow. Share it with the Frost family and see if they can help you. Firstlibertyga.com. That's firstlibertyga.com. First Liberty Building and Loan can help businesses nationwide become bigger businesses.